2: Bengals director of pro personnel, Steve Radichovic, joins us to talk free agency, Orlando Brown, Nick Scott, and Sidney Jones, who the Bengals signed the day we talked to them.
1: You are locked on Bengals. Your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.
0: Hi again, everyone, and welcome into another edition of the Locked on Bengals podcast. He's Jake Lisko. I'm James Erpine. Thank you so much for making us your first listen. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube, follow wherever you get your podcasts so you can hear awesome interviews like the one we're about to do with Steve Radicevich. And as always, like I said, thank you for making us your first listen. Let's dive into this because Jake and I talked a ton Um, about free agency with Steve Radicevich, what the Bengals have done with Orlando Brown Jr., what they did with Nick Scott, what they did today, and that's where we start, with Sidney Jones, the newest member of Lou Anarumo's secondary. So without further ado, let's go to Steve Radicevich.
2: Steve Radicevich, director of pro personnel from the Cincinnati Bengals here to chat with us today. And we're going to get started with as it is Monday afternoon. A quarterback that you guys signed today when we were happening to have a conversation. Anyway, tell us a little bit about Sydney Jones and what happened, what, what went into that signing for the Bengals? Uh,
3: well, Sidney, uh, we think, is a great player, a great fit for uh, our locker room and the team. He's uh, We really like his cover skills. He's athletic. Uh, he can move well. Um, So we feel like he's going to be a a good addition, you know, with uh, with Cheeto and Cam Taylor. Uh, You know, Eli Apple is still out there. So we feel like we needed to get some depth there and he's going to be uh, a good fit personality and ability wise. So we're excited we got him done today.
0: Age is, is certainly something that's that's come to mind over the past couple of years. And as we were analyzing what you guys may or may not do in free agency, that's certainly something that's come up a lot. Is that part of it? with Sidney. I mean, he's only 26 years old, still former second rounder. Did, did that play into the decision? Maybe wanting to get younger uh, in the, back, yeah. end of the, the cornerback. Yeah, range?
3: for sure. Yeah. He's uh, he's at that right age. We still think he's ascending. Um, you know, I know uh, just talking to coach Burks and Lou, they feel like they, uh, they, he, that he still has ability to develop and grow, um, which we like. And uh, he's not a guy that's hit the wall. I, th- I think he's an ascending player and uh, he saw, you know, he's, he's got a lot of good football ahead of him. So, um but yeah, youth is uh, youth did play a big part in that. It's a bit of a trend and
2: certainly a trend that we've seen with defensive backs coming to Cincinnati from other teams is that they seem to thrive when Luana Rumo and, and the front office identify these guys, get into that system, they seem to do really well when when Lou gets his hands on them and they start playing with the Bengals. Let's talk about a bigger move, a bigger fish. Orlando Brown came out of nowhere, ten thirty PM or so. The news <laughs> breaks. Uh, really late for for that kind of move. How did that come together? It sounded like it was a last minute thing. Listening to Frank Pollock talk about it, reading some of the quotes from from various people involved that, that were aware of the deal, was it really that that last minute kind of push that came out of left field for you guys?
3: Um, yeah, I guess you could say. I mean, I, I wouldn't say it was a last minute push because we had we had him ranked high. We felt like he was you know one of the, the top tackles in free agency uh you know really going into free agency we wanted to keep a, our core guys that were up um, and obviously when when you start losing out or some guys go other places uh, it gives you a little bit more flexibility to go after a player like Orlando um so that was presented to us on uh, Tuesday night um you know the agent had reached out said that uh, Orlando uh, was interested in in playing here and playing with Joe burrow uh, and uh you know really, Really didn't know how that would fit financially. Um, we all met, met as a group uh, Wednesday morning and kind of tried to find a way to make it happen. Um, we, uh, you know, continued the dialogue throughout Wednesday, uh, just trying to find a structure that worked for both sides. And, uh, yeah, came to agreement late at night. It was uh, Wednesday night when, uh, when uh, they told us that he was good to go. And I called Zach. I think he was already sleeping at the time. Uh, I think he had fallen asleep on his couch waiting for the call, Uh, and uh, and yeah, obviously, I think he found out in the morning when I when he opened up his text messages. But uh, you know, really, uh, it's a collective effort with our guys. You know, Mike Potts uh, will uh, assign position groups in free agency and making sure that we have guys um, in the right order. And uh, Mike will mostly do the offensive line going into free agency, so he had those guys stacked in the right order Uh, Trey Brown does the DBs Uh, I'll do the linebackers D line so we all work together to make sure that that the free agent board stacked in the right order Um, so it wasn't like a last minute oh let's flip on Orlando Brown tape we knew we knew what a player he was and and uh, we're excited to get him
0: what was your reaction when you found out that that he wanted to not wanted to come to Cincinnati but that he was coming to Cincinnati and was going to sign with you
3: uh, we're excited. I mean, we, uh, we all like we said we've it, played him uh, twice a year, going back to when he was in Baltimore. So um, we know we, what he's about. Uh, winning is important to him. He's been a part of winning cultures. Uh, you know, we feel like he's going to be a, a great fit with Frank and the rest of the O-line. And, uh, and the other attractive part about him is he's still young. He's, uh, yeah. He still has plenty of good football ahead of him. Uh, going back to, you know, signing Sydney, it's, you know, youth is important and uh, we want to get guys that are still improving and, and still going to get better.
0: You, you mentioned that his agent reached out. What's that like? You know, I'm, I'm sure that hasn't always been the case, but you're talking about, in, at least in my eyes, the top left tackle on the market in free agency, maybe the top tackle in general. And he reaches out like, hey, I'd love to, to come block for Joe Burrow, especially given the, the natural discussion especially outside of the building that that offensive line has played over the past few years. What was that like to have an agent reach out and say, Hey, we would love to get Orlando and stripes.
3: Um, I think it just speaks to, you know, what Zach and, and the coaches are building here. Um, you know, it's, uh, it is a, one of the most unique locker rooms I've been around. Um, you know, just in terms of guys that want to win and, and, uh, Compete for Super Bowl, you know, get to a Super Bowl every year. Uh, you know, and I'm sure that's an attractive part for Orlando. Uh, but, yeah, no, I, I mean, like I said, it, it speaks to kind of what Zach and, and the coaches have built here.
2: You mentioned finding a structure that would work for Orlando Brown. You, you obviously found the structure that would work there. Duke Tobin, I think, mentioned at the combine that you surprised that fans cared about. The, the structures and the cash flows and these sorts of things. And it's something that we talk about on this podcast because it can tell you, it can give you hints about activity that may or may not be coming this year. It felt like a lot of those contracts cash heavy in, in the early part of the deal, bigger signing bonuses, bigger early cash flows than normal. Is that part of a, a cohesive effort with some of the extensions you, you guys know you have coming up? Is that uh, part of the process when you're working on structures with free agents?
3: Yeah, I mean, there's different ways you can uh, you can structure a lot of these contracts. Obviously, uh, you know the structure with Orlando uh, obviously gives them the more money up front, but the cap hit will uh, will obviously be more spread out throughout the next uh, few years of the deal. So uh, it gives you a little bit more flexibility on his cap number this year. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's there's just different ways that you can structure a lot of these contracts, and we felt like. Uh, the structure we had with him was beneficial both to him and, and to the Bengals. You mentioned, and
0: obviously our listeners know, you know guys like Hayden and Vaughn, they agreed to sign elsewhere. You were able to retain Jermaine. But when that's happening and you're losing that familiarity and losing guys that maybe you were hoping to to keep, and I'm not saying you were hoping to keep all of them, but when that's happening, I'm sure there wasn't any panic. But what's the mood like? And obviously you pivoted into one of the, the bigger, if not the biggest free agent signing in recent memory, I would say, with Orlando. But what's the mood like? What's the room like as you guys try to, to put together a different strategy and pivot on the fly in free agency?
3: Um, yeah, like, like you said, I, there was really, you know, we really wanted a lot of those guys back. Um, but we also know that there's uh, there are a lot of players that want to be a part of this. And, you know, really your next, you're, you're looking at trying to get deals that are beneficial to the team and um, and find players that want to play for the Cincinnati Bengals, uh, you know, at, at a price that we feel like would be their worth.
0: We'll get back to our interview with Steve in just a second, but today's show is brought to you by FanDuel, the tournament. Well, it's heating up. It's on fire in It's the perfect time to get to FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because right now FanDuel is giving new customers a no-sweat-first bet up to $1,000. That's up to $1,000 in bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. So just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on and sign up today to claim your no-sweat-first bet. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. You can bet everything from the money line to point spreads. You can do a same-game parlay and so much more. So go there now. No sweat first bet. Up to $1,000 with fanduel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with fanduel.
1: Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
2: Was it quite a lot of pivoting early in the process? Were there surprises that came up and you guys felt like you were pivoting more, perhaps, than in previous years? Or is it kind of business as usual in free agency with, you know that's just the way the business works
3: uh yeah i think that's just the way it is for most organizations uh, which is why it's so important to make sure that you have your players stacked in the right order uh at every position group because you just never know how it's going to go uh, so yeah
0: how crazy is it is it uh uh he's off the board and we we have to go to this this next guy is it I'm just trying to give our listeners a, an idea, at least, because yeah. they've all done fantasy football drafts and auction drafts. That's completely different, I know, of course, than free agency. But but how is it, how much time is there to pivot and, and move on the fly and start making calls and go to that next guy? Or or how, you know, how does that
3: part work? Um, I would say it's probably a little bit more different this year, just in terms of the agents reaching out to us to see if we had any interest before they go somewhere else. Um, uh, so, uh, but yeah, it's not like, it's like you got guys running around the office and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh it's, uh, it's calm. I mean, you're, you're just fielding phone calls and call, making phone calls. Um, you know, really that Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, um, uh, there's the Tuesday, Wednesday are probably the busiest days, um, for us and free you. You mentioned it's
2: a little bit different this year, agents contacting you. Does that make your job easier? Is that something that you appreciate that has, is, it sounds like it's something relatively new or, or different. Is that a change that makes your life as, as you navigate free, ad, free agency easier, better somehow?
3: Yeah, it's definitely helpful. And um, you know, Trey Brown uh, was a huge help for us this year as well. Um, fielding phone calls, making phone calls um but yeah it's definitely helpful when you have as much interest as we've had you know the last two years really in free agency um and it seems to be growing which is great
0: free agency is one of the biggest biggest months i would say uh, of our year is and and that includes you know runs to the super bowl and afc championship game because of all of the the speculation and talk and potential of adding this guy or that guy and, and people love it do you feel any of that outside speculation talk at all do family and friends send it to you do they know not to how, how much of that is is known going into it and enduring it when you know r- the rumor mill is heating up
3: yeah i uh, honestly i don't pay much attention to it um so yeah i, I my family per- stays pretty much out of it <laughs> gotcha
0: no that's probably the way to go i don't think yeah. that you would want to see all of this stuff i was just kind of curious because in this day and age i feel like it's hard to to avoid it all
3: yeah yeah i mean i'll, I'll see stuff and you know i'm sure there'll be some random text that i get um yeah. about a rumor that a player that we're talking to that we're not and uh, but yeah i mean it, there's always stuff that i feel like people just throw out and hope it sticks I,
2: I, I like the Zach Taylor kind of laughing about the Zeke thing. Like sometimes I hear about, sometimes I hear about these things from you guys and that's yeah, the first exactly. I've heard yeah, of it. Yeah, yeah. I imagine that that must be somewhat commonplace for you because you know what you're doing. And then you got a bunch of people guessing of what you're doing and you got fake rumor accounts on Twitter that are propagating literally just stuff they make up sometimes. And then it turns into a thing like, what do you think about this rumor? And I'm like, well, somebody just made something up. It's yeah. a rumor. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the safeties you guys brought in, uh, nick scott uh taylor rapp teammates on back-to-back days with with those visits there how's that fit feel for you with let's start with with scott the the fit they're coming into the building with dax the heir apparent and and those appearing to be your safety tandem to start next year
3: uh yeah nick uh nick is another guy that's about the right stuff he's all ball wants to win wants to win another super bowl uh, he's uh he also wanted to get closer to the Midwest where his family is. Um, so he, he really was excited on the visit. Great personality. Um, you know, with with the things that we like about Nick as a football player, he's rangy, uh, he's really good athlete and he will throw his body around as a tackler. Um, and we do like the instincts there. So, um, just in terms of, you know, looking for a guy that's about the right stuff, he's smart. Um, you know, he's going to be able to make the calls on the back end. We uh, we felt very comfortable going with him. Um, Taylor Rapp's also a great player, um, and uh, we would have loved to have him. He's, uh, you know, he's great on the visit. Uh, but, yeah, both those guys, like I said, fit kind of the personality, um, the type of locker room, the type of players that we're trying to bring in. And uh, so, yeah.
0: Was it weird talking to those guys on back-to-back days? Obviously, conversations with Nick didn't stop. When he left the building on Thursday, and then his teammate that he won a ring with on on Friday, what was in the building is that unique or just business as usual?
3: Yeah, no, I think it's just business. You know, obviously we lost uh, Jesse and Vaughn, so we lost two safeties, um, and uh, so yeah, I, I it didn't work out with uh, with Rap, but we're excited that we got Nick, and uh, yeah, it wasn't wasn't awkward by any means.
2: Talking about this stage of free agency at this point, you feel like you've got your starters, you know, Jermaine Pratt's back, Nick Scott's in the building, Dax Hill was drafted last year to be a safety that could potentially start for you in the future. You feel like a lot of those spots pretty well filled. You had Sidney Jones for corner depth today as we're talking to you. What is this stage of free agency like for you? I know you were at Pro Days all week last week. Is, is the focus shifting at this point, or is it still – Dealing out those, those last few free agency moves that you guys want to make.
3: Yeah. I still think, uh, you know, obviously we'll, we'll, uh, keep chugging along here. And if there are, you know, players that would fit, fit what we what our needs are and, and fit again, what we're looking at in the locker room, um, we're never going to turn away bad players. Uh, so we'll, uh, we'll keep looking at, at different options, uh, to tr- maybe try to fill some depth, uh, before the draft. Um, and then, uh, and then, yeah, next month uh, really will be focused on draft prep and draft meetings, bringing some college players in, trying to get a better feel for them before the draft.
0: We'll continue with Steve Radicevich in just a second, but today's show is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar March Madness in the bracket, well, it's here. So if you have a favorite bar or puff, and we know you do, you need to get to builtmarchmadness.com to vote for your favorites because when you vote, for your favorite Built Bar or favorite Built Puff, you're going to be entered into a drawing where 50 lucky Locked On listeners will get a free box of Built. And not only that, but one Locked On fan will receive a 12-month subscription to Built, and you can have those Built Bars, those Built Puffs delivered directly to your house for one year for free. So you got to try Built and go to BuiltMarchMadness.com to get in on the action today. You're talking about the number one protein bar on the planet Covered in 100% chocolate, high protein, low sugar, low calories. Perfect for you. Again, built MarchMadness.com to get in on the action.
1: Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.
0: As you're going through free agency and just looking at two areas where you lost guys, you lose P. Ryan to the Broncos, obviously Hurst signed with the Panthers. That is known, at least those two spots are known as deep deep positioned groups in the draft. Do you have to marry those two as you're going through it and, and looking now at veteran tight end options or veteran running, veteran running back options? And then also seeing, well, there's a lot of guys in this draft that could play running back for us at a high level or that we really like. And likewise with tight end, do you, does that married, is that, is that a marriage? And if so, how does that conversation work?
3: Yeah. So we'll meet, um, We'll meet before the junior meetings and then again after and really just try to see, okay, well, we talked about all the juniors now. Where is the strength in the draft? We felt like tight end was going to be a good group. We felt like running back's going to be a good group. Uh, you know, and there's other other spots, corners. Uh, so you really try to see where, where the strengths and weaknesses are going to be in the draft and try to marry that up, like you said, with free agency. Um, so.
2: When you talk about a couple of those positions, in particular, tight end, running back, the the veteran versus rookie conversation, I imagine, has to include some of the intricacies of those positions. Where when you're a running back, it's not just running the ball; it's also how you contribute in the receiving game, how you contribute as a blocker. The tight end also needs to be part of the running game as a blocker, and there's a lot of different ways you can do that at a, as a tight end, especially if you're going to heavier personnel. And you know, you can come across the formation, you can get a, get some of these guys out into space. How do you consider that for rookies coming in, especially where they might not have a ton of opportunity to do some of the things that that you're doing in your system or that you know you would ask them to do in Cincinnati in college? How do you project that blocking ability and that that part of the game for those positions?
3: Um, I would say running backs probably a little bit more difficult just because it's hard to find backs in college that can pass pro and do it at an elite level. Um, That's always a trait that I feel like gets developed when they're in the pros. Um, So, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, like I said, that's a trait that I feel like comes along with, with experience in the NFL Um, and tight ends. I feel like that's also a spot probably that takes some time for, for guys to develop um, a little bit more than others. Um, But yeah, I mean, you know, like I said, I feel like this draft, um, and there's still guys in free agency that are, that are available at those spots that will be able to help us out.
0: Is that still – I guess it's always being considered, right? I'll just be veteran running backs, veteran tight ends. That's still in the mix free agency-wise, even though you haven't added one yet.
3: Yeah, I would say we're, we're looking at all options there, and um, there are some interesting players still out.
0: You, you sure you don't want to break any news right now? No, See? not yet.
3: <laughs> okay okay i just
2: figured i'd give you the
3: uh, option (laughs) yeah
2: because i think you did last year or two years ago we were talking to you one one of those years
3: i feel like you did break something i can't can't remember who it was
0: he broke it but by the time the show actually aired it was it 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 was was already out out. that's how it was that's how it works. so you broke it to us and then We kept it under wraps until that's what it was. I forget what it was, though, but, yeah, I think it was two years ago. Yeah,
2: Yeah, there was a signing. Let's talk about extensions a little bit for for some of those in-house guys. Jermaine Pratt, obviously, back one of those key retentions. Joe Burrow, the big topic of conversation is reports indicate that you've been talking to his representation, and that is in progress. Or Is that kind of the first domino that needs to fall? I mean, I guess you can't really tell us what order some of these extensions or lack thereof would would go in but you got a couple of players from from those draft classes up for extension this year is, is that a big piece of the puzzle
3: uh yeah i would say so uh, you know right now the focus has been um uh, free agency and trying to get get the guys that we wanted back um and and then uh and then you've got the draft and then you kind of start focusing on extend on extensions in the offseason and uh, or as you get closer to the season. Uh, but, yeah, I would say those, you know, we've, we've had internal conversations on on how to go about it. What do you
0: make of, just as a whole, the, the wide receiver explosion, dollars-wise? And I think it's fair to say they have an even bigger impact. Like, the game-changing wide receivers, the high-end guys have more of an impact now than ever. But what do you make about the contracts and the way they're going?
3: Yeah. Um, i don't know i i guess it could go either way i uh i'd have to look at what wide receiver was in the spot where we were we were uh, going full steam ahead on in free agency so i'd have to look <laughs> to see what the top receiver was so it may have been oh, I,
0: I just mean in general like the the top guys not necessarily in this free agent class because I, as you know it, it wasn't it wasn't like there was a jamar chase or t Higgins yeah, right. or someone like yeah. that available yeah
3: yeah um yeah, I think uh, I think you go. You know, rec- receivers, uh, tackles now, quarterbacks. Uh, those seem to be the the positions that are are at a premium on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, so yeah, I, I uh, it does seem like there's obviously been some sort of boom at, at receiver, um, but there've also been you know good lower lower level deals, mid level deals mm-hmm. for. You know good to top receivers
2: when you see that happening and you're seeing the the good pass pro tackles getting paid the the great receivers getting paid obviously quarterbacks getting paid pass rushers getting paid both on the edge and the interior defensive line you think about pendulum swings throughout nfl history right where you go from you you get a punch and a counter punch and it's the defense trying to keep up with the offense offense trying to stay ahead of the defense vice versa is there something right now where you feel like perhaps there, there's a swing ha- that, that could be coming in the near future? Is that something I'm sure is part of your evaluations when you're trying to project where the league is going? Is there something that you guys feel that there's like a, a a switch in direction that you guys can get in front of here? How does that weigh into things when you're making decisions?
3: You mean in terms of values for other position groups or –
2: We're trying to find those undervalued position groups, those undervalued things that can help you win football games where other teams are spending, you know, all this money to stop the passing game, for example. Maybe there's an inefficiency, a market inefficiency somewhere else, you know, the money ball aspect of things.
3: Uh, Yeah, I would say, you know, really the focus, if you look in free agency and throughout the draft, has been beefing up both the O-line and D-line. And, you know, I, I would say we're probably one of the, you know, in terms of investment, one of the mm-hmm. top top teams on the D line front, on the defensive front, and offensively, we've you know we've gone in with Orlando and Kappa and Karis uh, you know Jonas still highly paid, so we've got a you know a big investment on those guys, big investment on the D line, uh, and that's you know that's kind of been the focus.
0: You. You were humble and, and you passed off and you, and you you gave Zach and the coaching staff a bunch of credit earlier in the interview. But you deserve credit everybody in the organization. I mean, you guys have crushed it in free agency over the past, what, four years? I mean, think about all of the guys. And I know now is not the time to reflect, but I don't think there's another team that's had as many free agency hits or draft hits. I'm not downplaying the draft, but over the past three to four years, it seems like 2020 on, you guys have gotten almost everything right.
3: Thank you. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, characters played a huge part in it. And, uh, you know, you really just want to get guys that are all football, want to win, are in here every day. Uh, Like I said earlier in this conversation, it it is really one of the most unique locker rooms I've been a part of. Uh, I know you guys have been around, so you guys see it like, you know, on an off day, you walk through the locker room and it's packed. And guys are in there playing card games and uh, table tennis and uh, working out, playing basketball—it's you know—it's uh, they just they, all these guys just gel really well together.
0: Uh, do you have your own ping pong paddle? Are you in? Do you no, on the action? No, I'm not. That? <laughs> I haven't.
3: No. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get in on the basketball games though.
0: Okay, there we go. All right. Yeah. How, how do you feel? You got a pretty good hoop game?
3: Uh, yeah, I got a, I got a good jump shot. I got a jump shot. <laughs>
2: Well, Steve, we appreciate the time today and sounds like things got, you know, agents reaching out to you. You got the locker room chemistry. You got all these things working in your favor. And like James said, it's been a great run of success. We look forward to seeing that continue as the off season goes on. And we appreciate all the insight and time.
3: Thanks, Jake. Thanks, James. I appreciate it, guys.
2: Great stuff from Steve Radicevich. Really
0: appreciate him and and Emily Parker of the Bengals for taking the time getting him on the podcast. I, I think he slept Jake probably a total of about seven hours over the past three weeks because there's so much that goes into it behind the scenes and uh, really appreciate him. And it, it does feel like that the Bengals are going to make some more moves in free agency, maybe not big splash moves, maybe depth signings like the Sydney Jones edition, but uh, we will discuss that and so much more uh, on our next show. So make sure you hit that subscribe button. Ring the bell on YouTube. Also, follow wherever you get your podcasts. And thank you so much for listening to Locked on Bengals.